Pick up the new issue every second Thursday or check planetsmag.com. Look no further. Stuff to do. Exclusive to Planet S Magazine and planetsmag.com. So, you want to be a CFCR host, huh? You think you've got what it takes to inform and entertain the fine people of Saskatoon? You think you'll be the ruler of the airwaves? You think you're something special? Well, cool. That's great. You see, here at CFCR, we're always looking for a few good folks. New hosts to keep what we do here as fresh and vital as it can be. If you're interested in being the next recruit, head over to cfcr.ca and fill out the online application. Or stop by CFCR headquarters at 267 3rd Avenue South and apply in person. It's just that easy. Now, drop or give me 20. Or, or don't. I don't know. I'm not your boss. You do what you want. Well, and just like that, here we are on Civically Speaking. We're still getting organized in the studio, so everybody knows. So it's pretty it's pretty fun, though, to see the warm weather out there. Um, you're on community radio where weather doesn't matter except whether you care or not about your civic issues. So there you go. I'm your host, Lenore Swiston, and, and with me today I have Pat Laurier. Uh, hello, hello, everybody. And a reminder, don't drive through puddles because they're likely going to be potholes. The, 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 there's some truth to that. It kind of fits in with civic issues. And I've got Janice Braden with us tonight. Too. Hello today. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on, both of you. Um, you know, I, I came up with a name for our panel, kind of, guys. I think it, it, it's basically it's, we're going to be like the monthly sip civic issues panel. <laughs> I like it. (laughs) The monthly sip. The monthly sip. Sipping from the civic issues. I don't know. I don't mind it. Does that mean we get to bring a bottle of wine along? Sometimes the conversation will flow a little easier, too. Yeah, exactly. Sounds a little periodic to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's got its ups and downs. But thanks so much for coming on. I know that that was a commitment that we made to um, kind of doing a regular show, a check-in with each other. And and regrets from Wendy Cooper and from other Hillary, who wasn't able to make it tonight. Um, so, So I hope they will get a chance to listen to this at some time because I am recording this stuff now too, which is really great. So Excellent. you can uh, you can grab this as a podcast later on. Yeah, the actually, site. I I did hear a bit of it. Yeah, well, that's yes. great. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, and then, I was amazed at how much your little phone picked up. I know. Well, and I've gotten better because now I've got something else going over here. So we're even getting a little more high tech. So the resolution mm-hmm. um, d- d- after today should even be better, which is which is going to be good, I think. For oh, the that's show. fantastic. So all the readers out there or listeners, I guess, yeah. uh, you know, if you miss us one week, then you can absolutely find Lenore and, uh, and listen to it on your you. own time. That's right. Yeah. That's fine. Civically speaking, it's about the guests that make the show. So thanks so much again. Now, I'm just going to jump right into it because there's lots of stuff out there in the news waves going on. But I'm going to start with the civic local issues first because we usually get to them last and then we run out of time on them. And so we'll just start. And I know, Pat, you had one that you wanted to kind of have a chat about to begin with. So let's let let's let you start it off. Well, I'm, uh, I, I think one of the big issues right now is what's happening at the Remay Modern. And uh, As far as I'm aware, Friday is the last day for Gregory Burke before he flies off into the sunset. And uh, I I think that there's a lot of controversy uh, regarding 
the old board and and did council uh, interfere or not interfere? And is it interference if uh, if the facility is owned by the by the taxpayers of of Saskatoon? You know, I kind of want to put it back to you as a as the you know. Former oh, I'm just ca- posing questions. No, here. I know, you know, but I mean, I am kind of curious your thoughts and Janice yours too about you know it's a it's a specifically owned um, structure and organization. The Remy Modern Art Gallery comes out of what was the former Mental Art Gallery, which was a, a wonderful and, place, perfect for kids' art and. And we can go in that direction too, but I think the direction that I'm interested in is as a governance organization of an organization that is, you know, has a a volunteer board of directors and has sitting members of council that are sitting on it, you know, when you were on council, what was your perception of of what that role would be as a council member on that organization's governance board? Well, I was never on that uh, governance board, uh, the current mayor Charlie Clark and uh, Tiffany Paulson were the representatives. Um, and what was the relationship like between what those members would be back to the council as a whole, and in, in what you're able to share with us? Well, I'm debating whether I should, uh, because I think that certainly. Uh, some of the council representatives, when they were appointed, really tried very hard uh, to to keep council informed uh, about what was going on and to seek council guidance. Others seemed to take a laissez-faire attitude and uh, uh, would say, well, to the board members, well, I'll, I'll champion your concerns with council, and then would say to council, well, I'll champion your concerns with the board. Mm-hmm. So it was it was an odd relationship. Janice, from your perspective from the outside, what does it look like coming into, like looking at it from the outside from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any particular knowledge about it, but I have worked with lots of boards and done board advising before too. And so, you know, certainly it's a civic institution. So the council absolutely has the say on who goes on a board like this. And it's also, you know, I don't, I don't know the reasons for all the um, the uh, resignations. I understand some have to do with more personal meetings, but um, it is not at all uncommon when an organization has gone through a major building phase that there are going to be some people who are suited to be on the board for that phase of it. And then when an organization goes into operations, that a different set of people. Some people don't want to be involved in the programming side of things. They're much more interested in um, the fundraising, assembling donors, uh, and and those kinds of pieces. Um, so, you know, I, I think just on the surface of it, it doesn't look un- unusual to have a change at this stage. But uh, again, I'm not familiar with what the... Uh, the reasons that the members are actually choosing to withdraw. Pat? Um, well, I, I am quite frankly looking forward to seeing who they hire to replace Gregory Burke. And I think that there will be a watershed of difference once that happens. Um, I just want to give a little bit of a, an anecdote. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was still on council, I raised the issue of the 
very lavish and, in my opinion, extravagant travel costs that were happening at the board and suggested that we could cut back on that line item. Uh, Subsequently, as I was going door to door, I met a a Rime Art Gallery employee who said to me, do you know what the uh, end result was when you raised the travel? And this is at the time when the when the gallery was trying to get set up for its first shows and everything. And, of course, council had been pushing to make sure that there was a local and an Aboriginal component. So they were trying to bring in a show from Edmonton. And this person said to me, the upshot of you raising the travel budget was that no staff members except... Uh, the um, executive director and his assistant were allowed to travel anywhere. So they couldn't even get bus fare to go to Edmonton. All the travel budget went to the top dogs. And to me, that that was indicative of, uh, of misplaced priorities. And I don't know how much the the board that's now been dismissed supported and encouraged those misplaced priorities but uh i am looking forward to seeing a new board in place and and more transparency for the public because after all it's our tax dollars that are supporting the place i think it really um it really did split uh a lot of the community when the new facility was reprofiled. You know, the Mendel was a beloved institution. It was based on Saskatchewan and Prairie art with occasional shows coming through. It was the kind of place where you had the school art show and, you know, everybody's visited at some point. If you had kids, you went and you visited um, to see their art hanging. And reprofiling it as an institution for world and international art um, you know, I think perhaps they were just acting on that direction that they that uh, they, they were given. given that, they weren't given that direction, and that and their mission and mandate never changed. And uh, they were also told that they were supposed to be profiling Aboriginal local or Prairie regional uh, Aboriginal art. And I remember meeting with Mr. Burke and saying, "What are you going to do about this?" And he pointed to a room way at the back and said, well, this is where the Indigenous art will be. And I said, no, 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 that's not good enough. And I put him in in uh, contact with a very uh, high profile, very well, uh, greatly respected Aboriginal artist named Adrian Stimson, who at that point lived on 20th Street uh, uh, and suggested that... Uh, Gregory and Adrian could could work on developing an Aboriginal program. Uh, then, a couple of months later, I ran into Adrian, who said that he and his partner were moving to Calgary, and that uh, things did not work out. Mm. So, uh, we lost a huge yeah. <laughs> opportunity there. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's definitely changed. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the diff, the, the new direction that comes, um, if that's actually going to be affecting. You know, there's all kinds of sausage making happening and uh, like trying to see. Sausage making. Well, and, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether that's going to have an impact on the shows and the collections that um, come forward. I thought there have been some that have been spectacular, but then as it comes with risk taking, some I think have been a little less so. Um, but it's, it's been, been exciting to be see. Well, it's been exciting to see a lot of different things than we used to be yeah. able to see for sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, going back to kind of the start of this conversation, I think, you know, there is a conversation around governance that is now happening at a mm. national end about kind of you know the firewalls in place how much you can speak to, when you can have those conversations, what does the public need to know, when do they need to know it, in what way, and then, you know, what role, you know, does that public interest really play, which is, I think, Pat, what you were speaking to in terms of the, the transparency of it all, and I think, I think you know, an art gallery at a local level is like a local example of what's happening. I kind of thought it was kind of a bit canny, yeah. right? Because you had kind mm-hmm. of the mayor saying one thing at one point, and then it changed slightly. Then a different message came out, and then the message really changed. And it's like, okay, so you weren't interfering at all, and then you said you had to interfere. And it's kind of like Justin Trudeau at the federal level, where his message has been you know, at the start, it's like, well, there was nothing, you know, there really wasn't. That's just standard business to, well, maybe there was some nudging to, well, okay, then this is the way business is done in this manner. And maybe there's nothing that really has changed other than a slight nuance of it based on how the other, the rest of us are having the conversation and affecting it or influencing it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you look at it. I mean, but it plays out in terms of business that's done on behalf of the public's interest and how much is part of the public and how much they have a part to play in it versus the behind the scenes. And I think in both cases, we got a little bit of a lid that opened up to go, oh, there's a little bit more that happens behind those scenes than maybe we actually think. And, oh, maybe it's kind of taking a, worth taking a look to see what else we can do with that. I I think that that's absolutely true. And, um, you know, seeing how much the individuals involved can actually shape some of this. So it'll be, I think, the next stage, seeing who they select is going to be a big indicator of yeah. what has come before as well as the direction it's going to go. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I think your, your analogy of sausage making <laughs> is really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and so... And just with top of mind here, but tonight, actually, at the Remy Modern Art Gallery is a public talk. And the public talk is about the downtown. And Larry Beasley, a colleague of mine and a planner from Vancouver. Brilliant guy. Yeah, he's yeah. well known. And, you know, I've done work with him through the Canadian Institute of Planners on a future task force about our future as a planning organization and sat with him on that with Kelly and others. And really, really good guy. But what's interesting is it's one evening where the public is invited, but there is a three-day workshop that is being done with hand-picked folks that are behind the scenes that are working on a dialogue around the downtown. 
How many people know about that? I don't know. But that is interesting, right, is that there's different layers of conversation that goes on. And it talks, you know, we have to start to look at how do we weave in, who's involved in what aspect, and what is the influence that we have at those different levels. Sure, from the conceptual to the granular, yeah. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it, I tell anybody who's listening now, if you could get over there for it tonight, uh, it really would be worth it. I've seen him speak before, yeah. um, and he's done some really magnificent work all around the world. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember sitting with a group of planners. I was saying, I was saying before the I'd gone to a, um, a planning conference in the states in Denver, and uh, he was speaking at it and had brought along. He's doing a bunch of work for in Dubai, and had brought along the Abu Dhabi. Uh, planning department, and so I hung with them for a yeah. day. Oh, and beautiful. and these guys, they they do, um, you know, new residential areas for a million plus at a time. You yeah. know, that the yeah. level of planning was really. I still off the can't charts. get my head around the fact that a neighborhood now is twenty two thousand people. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, in, but in, in, yeah, I mean, in that case, though, one of the things that I do emphasize there is that there's another dialogue that's happening with mm-hmm. that group you know, out of the mayor's mayor's office that, you know, not a lot of people know about. And I think they're, you know, and who's driving who's driving that? So you have a planning department here, an administration there, a mayor's office here, and it's the same thing. You have a PMO's office here and ministries here, and then you have administration. And so it's hard to keep track of where the inputs and the outputs are and what role we can we can play and how to find the information about what's the outcome of all of this. So it's true. And when we look at um direction, for example, at a, at a place like the Remy. And there really isn't a lot of public dialogue that um, that I've seen on, on something like that, seeing the feedback from the new um, institution. I'm sure there's surveys and um, yeah. no, those it kinds seems of things to that have been happening. Confined to how many how many feet went through the door. And and it needs to be much more than that. Yeah, and I get that, you know, just are people actually attending and voting with your feet has got to be part of it. But but you're right. I think we really need to um, talk about, okay, is this actually meeting what our expectations are for a facility like yeah. this? What is what has been maybe been lost yeah. and that we'd like to regain with... Um, yeah. yeah, and what's the consultation with the local arts community as mm. well? Because I think you, if... If we had um, somebody from uh, one of the local galleries here, they would have they would be bringing up a, a totally different perspective mm. than we are. Yeah, well, I mean, a fulsome discussion here. But in the interest of time, I'm looking at the clock for folks that are just tuning oh, in. Oh, you want to stop? Well, we could keep going, or we can we can go to other things. But for those that are just tuning in, this is CFCR. Saskatoon's great community radio station. You can tune in by dial at 90.5. You'd be doing that if you're listening to this right now, or you'd be online. And this is specifically speaking, and I have guests Pat Laurier and Janice Braden as part of our SIP monthly um, civically uh, civic issues panel. So Okay, we talked about Remy Modern Art Gallery. We're talking a bit about governance. We're talking a bit about community engagement. What's another top of mind issue locally that you guys have been have seen in the news lately? Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that's playing out is around the province. Honestly, it's okay. it's a local issue, but it's um, playing to Regina, so Brant, yeah. and oh, what yes. what is the involvement of the government in areas that have been civic up to now? So, um, you know, it appears that um, the government has uh, overstepped. They took over an area that was a beloved 
civic park space. And uh, because they couldn't persuade um, Regina City Council to go the direction that they wanted, they just kind of took over the place and, yes, and issued their it, own yeah. issued their own uh, per- permits for it. So um, that's that's outside the norm of what we've expected from a government, and and it's a departure from some of the of where the power has rested up to now, for sure. Pat, well, I'm just imagining the the furor that there would be in Saskatoon if something similar happened along our riverbank. Somebody want to give context here, because there might be people that are listening to the show that don't know what we're talking about. So there's, uh, if you go down to Regina's beautiful Wascana Park, um, there's a very restricted number of buildings that are in there. Most of them are things like museums or uh, government buildings. CBC, CNIB. There you go. So CNIB, Canadian National Institute of the Blind, has had a building there since I think the 1950s. It was in bad shape. It's uh, small, doesn't suit them anymore. And so they were looking at doing something else with it. And they partnered with Brandt Industries, large Saskatchewan company, uh, who are coming in. Now, they had a sweetheart deal. They pay a $1 a year lease rate um, for this beautiful prime space. They being Brandt. CNIB. Oh. CNIB did. And so on a 99-year lease. And... uh, so they made this deal with Brandt that Brandt would build a new building there with an uh, with space for CNIB to put offices in a new space, but they would expand it, and I believe it's another 76,000 square feet of office space that they'd be able to rent out at market rates. They continue to only pay, or they have their 99-year uh, lease renewed for a dollar a year for 99 years, despite the fact that it's now a commercial building that would be owned by Brandt on this space. So that's the that's the basics as I understand it. Well, and I think there was something that just peaked in the news yesterday in terms of like something's been stopped in terms of Brandt to do a review on something. Is that correct? I understand the provincial auditor has stepped in and uh, has said that they are doing a review and so the building is being stopped. Yeah, and, and council was thinking, whoops, there was no permits. It was called out by somebody else. And so there was, well, did you get a permit from City Hall before you went forward? And what came back from City Hall was, administratively, was no, oh, darn, that hadn't happened yet, which all seems kind of peculiar. But I think that I appreciate this because the conversation there is that municipalities are actually the creatures of the province. So at any point in time, what I think a lot of folks may not know is that if at some point a provincial government wants to step on the toes of a municipality, they can if they see the reason to in the public's interest, which is very interesting. So, but that, Or step away, is which at, oh, at the exactly. same time that they were stepping yeah, yeah. up their involvement and takeover of Wascana Park as being, because it's a capital region, uh, and it they is, were stepping away away from a lot yeah. of the finance yeah. of, of the Miwasan Valley in Saskatoon and, uh, you know, finances that the city has depended on to be able to maintain a certain level of service. Yeah, and, and then the key thing there is that there's specific legislation for the Miwasan Valley and Wascana, and they, you know, have that particular legislation which gives mm-hmm. them regulatory um, processes at arm's length from the government. And then we've seen kind of in the last while about how the urban parks were delisted 
you know, and then you have the ca- the provincial capital commission that was developed, and now that's overseeing parts of that. And so again, you have all these quasi government and co-mixes and that and it's hard to know what's in what category doing what and then in the meantime you have a private sector development coming in doing something and people are going what where did this come from why is that and how how are we getting this all of a sudden in a park when i thought we couldn't do that that's right yeah yeah Yeah. so it would be akin to um the farmers market deciding that since they they lease their space for ten dollars a year from the city that they can uh, they would be able to build a a, a 10 story uh, office building on top of the the farmers market can you imagine the the furor that would arise and i think and that's a different issue here cuz now you have the farmers market here expressing deep concerns going there's a roof about to be done and we're going to have to move because they're putting a new roof on the farmers market in Saskatoon and so where do we go so it's another conversation in a whole different way that's happening there that mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of folks know about. But come fall, I believe it is. I mean, don't quote me on the timeline, folks, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't. I won't hold myself to that. But there is a timeline coming up where they're going to be asked to leave, so that major renovations on the roof can happen, and so they're going to have to find another place to oh, live. Is that right? Yeah. No, I didn't know about that one. Yeah. That's lots a, of that's roofing a problems. Buildings, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so heads up, that's an issue worth following. Oh. Um, I'll be worth digging into it a little bit more. For for sure. sure. Um, Okay, in our last few minutes here, what else is top of mind? I I think the uh, federally, Mm SNC-Lavalin, what does it mean? What doesn't it mean? You know, in some ways it's a bit like that... uh, Remember on the internet we had that blue dress, gold dress. I think people who <laughs> exactly. people who want to see what they want to see yeah. can f- absolutely find it uh, from both ends of the spectrum. You know, I, I've been rethinking parts of this one though because. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just hit the last time we were together. It, that's it had, right, and it was that's very impressive right, right, to say yeah, this. That's is, right, and lots has unfolded yeah. since then for yeah. sure. You know, I think, I mean, assuming that listeners have been following this to some degree already, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that's been happening is just it's a it's a changing of the guard. So there's an old model where on one side you have the traditional power holders where um, sharing power was what it was about. And even mm-hmm. inviting women in the room was about taking all of this this um, power and position that we have and we're letting you be at the table. I think what they've underestimated is that for a lot of the women, you see this playing out in so many places, the women make sure they are extraordinarily qualified before they if you look at like things like law school applications the women before they are ever going to apply they make sure that they are so well qualified whereas men will often take a shot mm-hmm. right yeah. well and so i think what we're seeing is that you have these women who are extraordinarily qualified jane philpot you know judy wilson rabel have experience they deserve their spots at the table and they don't have the old approach of being beholden they're there because they want to make a difference with the position that they have and if they can't make it there they will make it in other places if this isn't the place where they can do it so um a lot of it just plays out a lot differently i think when when you if you're the prime minister and you think that you're doing a favor by giving somebody a spot in cabinet and they're perhaps not doing the quid pro quo, 
against somebody who's saying, well, no, actually, I don't owe you anything beyond what uh, what the position is. Pat. Well, the issue is, do women do politics differently? Mm-hmm. Or is it uh, that they haven't been in politics as long as men have, so they haven't built up those relationship, relationship issues and the transactional stuff? I you mean, know, the, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. Yeah, I mean, I think... And is that think, the way we should be doing it um, anymore? Well, exactly. I think some of it is a different approach. You know, I think if Ralph Goodale had been mm-hmm. Attorney General and they had come to him, he would have just seen it as more hardball politics and, you know, they put the pressure on and I say no and that's just the way politics yeah. works. Mm-hmm. But I think for these guys, they're saying, well, no, that's actually, if there are rules, then you follow, then you the, follow rules, the rules. And... If we've all agreed to abide by them, then we don't play these other kinds of uh, other kinds of games. And if we want to play differently, then let's open it up and have that conversation mm-hmm. openly, and then we'll change, but not before. And then say, "Oh, let's go back and change." It's funny. A, a good friend, a, a Métis lawyer in town, and had said. This is actually what reconciliation is. If you're feeling uncomfortable with this stuff of having power shared differently, (laughs) this is what reconciliation is. And so... Uh, I think we share the same friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is her name Marilyn? Yes, it is, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was a panel at Johnson Shoyama this morning, and uh, Marilyn Poitras, you know, yeah. a brilliant lawyer, was Good one of the people there, and, yeah. She, uh, and she made that point. Yeah, I mean, it is a really interesting time, because I think, you know, even, even so much as going back to the arts, here we are going full circle on the show, but you had Sarah McLaughlin that was interviewed on the CBC talking about, you know, hosting the Junos, and saying about how when she did Lilith Fair, which I attended, and, you know, at that time she said, and this just sticks in my mind, I'm paraphrasing, but she says, you know, at the time in the 90s when I was doing Lilith Fair, it used to be radio stations would say, oh, well, Tracy Chapman was on today, so we can't have you because we've already had a woman guest. Even though she said four other, you know, male bands and artists have been in the room, but somehow she goes, even though we're in completely different Genres, we couldn't both be on the show because we'd already fulfilled our female our commitment. Quota, quota. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. What an ironic boy, world those guys. Is. So we got away. And to it's go changed. Either. So, yeah. you know, 20 yeah. years on, we laugh at a conversation like that. So I think the fundamentals have shifted. Uh, we're not all the way there, but um, but they have shifted and they are shifting. And I think the, the fact that we're having the conversation federally about this, uh, I think is a good It's a good one. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you guys for coming on Civically Speaking. Pat Laurie, Janice Braden, much appreciated. We'll be back next month. Uh, for those of you uh, up next is the USSU Show. I'm your host, Lenore.